Hey everybody, it's featuring Jeff Goldblum, featuring me, Tyler Armstrong. And featuring me, Steel. Steel? Still. You're Steel? Featuring me, Steel. <laughs> Steel Armstrong. Steel Armstrong. Yeah, and no, I think I lost like all a, my identities after this birthday weekend. You're yeah, like a street fighter now? Yeah. Steel <laughs> Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday weekend. You're yeah. 30. Two. Two years of young, question mark? Yeah, sounds right. Dot, 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 all those things? Yeah. Yeah, it was a long weekend. Yeah, what'd you do? Um, I, ooh, I, <laughs> was that a bad question? <laughs> yeah. Should we yeah. just move right on? <laughs> uh, well, I went to a concert at your work. Yep, yep, you did. Don't remember it. Um, also went to a concert. It was, it was good, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure. I was sleeping on the lawn holding Janine's hand, saying we were best friends. Among other things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of things. Uh, then we went to Felton Music Hall. Yep. I ripped some kid apart who also has a podcast. Yep, didn't get the name of the podcast, to be honest. Didn't get the name of the kid either. Nope. Um, then woke up. Oh, fell off a roof onto a propane tank. Yeah, that was eventful. Big bruise. A big bruise. Like... How do you say Like a cantaloupe size, probably? Yeah. Uh, that's Woke up at Science Mike's house. Didn't know where the hell I was. Science Mike's house, mm -hmm. turns out. Yeah, turns out. Uh, walked from Science Mike's house to Scott's house. Realized I lost all of my things. Phone, Key, wallet, phone. keys. Yep. Yeah, okay. lost all my things. Found all my things. By the end of the day, because they're all felt musical, obviously. Apparently I just left them all at the bar. You uh, just gave them to the bartender lady. You're like, here, I yeah. obviously can't take care of these. Then uh, the rest of the day's a blur. Uh, later that night, um, my original mom, Suzanne, mm. and my friend Whitney and Suzanne's brother took me out to dinner. Went to Hula's. Oh, um, we dangerous. Ordered, we ordered drinks. Scorpion Bowl? They didn't know. They didn't get a scorpion, scorpion Bowl, surprisingly. That's how I felt, but it's not what we got. They ordered drinks, and none of them liked their drinks, but I liked all their drinks. So, danger, danger, yeah, danger, Robinson. danger, danger. Yeah. So we went from there. Then we went to, from there to downstairs red. And apparently, at the downstairs red, obviously I remember all these things. Uh, also, didn't eat any of my dinner. Uh, downstairs red, my friends pseudo boyfriend's brother or friend figured out it was my birthday and so we sat there at the bar um sherry remember sherry mm -hmm. yeah sherry was the bartender probably why i didn't get kicked out and still got served uh i'm just gonna love this episode yeah uh, so apparently this guy bought me just shot after shot after shot of tequila and wouldn't not let me not take shots and i stood up from the bar stool fell flat onto my face and then got <laughs> kicked out and my friend Jake had to carry me, like, multiple miles, like, more drag me than carry me, multiple miles, miles to back to the car. Then woke up at a different stranger's house, the pseudo-boyfriend guy's house. Uh, then, man, oof, it's hard to recollect. Um, then that was Sunday. It was my dog's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Isaac. Yep, Isaac, Moo, Noodle, all those things, 12 years old. Uh, so we took him to dinner at Two Doors. He had a hamburger and 
Probably 70 tater tots. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm glad Natalie's not on this episode because mm-hmm. she would hit you. Yeah. They probably deserve it. Um, then went back to my friend's house, stayed there. Birthday morning, woke up feeling like I was 70, not 32. Uh, went to Harbor Cafe for brunch. Bloody Mary. Dog Bloody also. Mary. Dog also went there. No, bacon bomb first. Mm. Um, dog also went there. Dog had a plate of carnitas. <laughs> um, and probably four or five pieces of bacon. Uh, went there. Got a tattoo. Got the Daffy Duck tattoo. Yep. Which our father has. I got a bigger, seemingly better version. But in my father's eyes. Yeah, in my father's eyes. I'm happy that he loved it so much and Brenda hated it so much. It was exactly what I was hoping As for. As expected, yeah. yeah. Um... So that happened. Then got the tattoo, took a nap, went to dinner at the folks' house, stayed there. It was a nice mellow evening. It was good. Yeah, your actual birthday was a nice Actual birthday was, like, very put together. So, yeah, that's what I did this weekend. All right, sounds exhausting. It, yeah. Even the story was a little exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, it was all of that. Hard to remember and... Seemingly probably better that way. Well, welcome to your nearly mid-30s. Yeah, getting close. Getting close. I cannot believe we're, like, as far along as we are. I'll be 35. Remember when we both were, like, what do we... You said... What year did... You said you were, like, there's no way you're going to make it past. 27. 27. That's what we all said when we were young and dumb. Yeah. When I was 16, I guessed that 32 was my... Well, you got all year. I got re- seemingly real <laughs> close to that happening, too. Because I could have fallen off that roof under the propane tank and broken my neck, and that could have been it. But I made it, so yeah, I guess it's it's time to uh, Nostradamus my way through my next guess on how long I'll live. There you go. Let's hope 95. Um, yeah, we're going to hope for... You're not going to be happy about it by then. But. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I'd rather be like walking at 67 and then get a walker by 68 and then be like, nah, it's good. I'm going to rent a Corvette and fly it off a cliff. That was, that's always been your plan <laughs> as different yeah. cars, but yeah. always the plan. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, moving on. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to actually talk about Jeff Goldblum for a second on the featuring Jeff Goldblum podcast. Interesting. It's been a while. Yeah. I thought we'd mix it up. Okay. By actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Jeff Goldblum, I know we talked about it before, but he officially now made his debut as uh, as Balmure, the wood elf, in uh, the D&D podcast Dark Dice. Now, he is a character, not the dungeon master. He's a character. There's a dungeon master. They only bring out an episode once a month. Because I hate to say it, but he would probably be a great dungeon master yeah he's probably just not like doesn't want to learn all the yeah you yeah. know there's but, a lot involved yeah. and these guys so these guys are pretty unique in in the D podcast game because they they're a team who actually do like so they play D first by themselves like with a different group who's not voice actors or anything and then they hire voice actors they script what they played Oh, okay. They they add a bunch of special effects and the actual noises of people being stabbed and killed and the background storms and all that stuff, and they hire voice actors to then recreate script wise what was so being very, played. Because um, 
my brother, my brother and me, they do like a real, they have like a cartoon now. Of yeah. It, right. But yeah. theirs was straight live. It was just them playing live. Gotcha. This is, this is like pseudo scripted. Yeah. It's not, it's not scripted, but it's after scripted. Gotcha. Okay. So they, they take a script from an actual D and D game. They cut out some of the bullshit of like the, how do I do this? How do I do that? So it's more storyteller based. Okay. And so they hired Jeff Goldblum to play Balmure, the wood elf. Right. And I want to give you a clip because he immediately, I think you can tell he just kind of clearly goes off script from like the moment he's introduced. (laughs) He always do that. He just like (laughs) he has a script and he knows his points. But I think he thought he had to play up the fact that he's doing this. So I'm just going to do as good as me. Remember my first D&D experience with Peter and you? Yeah, he did better than you. He did. Um, I don't know. Close your eyes. You're in an ice dungeon. What do you do? Hmm. There's a river or something. I damn the river. I masturbate and I drown myself. Yeah, you <laughs> ate a little. You ate a little muesli too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give you a clip from the Long Road Chapter One B, Unavenged Dark Dice, featuring Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, you see how I fit that in there? Here yeah. we go. Here it comes. The God of Will had in mind. Today, Ildrix was the second of three prisoners that the knife-eared and smooth-skinned elves had captured in his six-day march through the woods with them. Silent, resentful, and cruel, the elves had been guiding Ildrix and his two fellows to an unknown destination for an unknown reason. The leading prisoner was a dwarven woman with braided golden hair and pale skin that seemed to match the snow at their feet. The other, a wood elf captured just this morning, was a religious huntsman who seemed resolved to his fate. That huntsman was named Balmer. Mechanically speaking, he was a sorcerer with a level of cleric. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Hi, hi, hi. Hey, um, I'm Jeff Goldblum. My name is Jeff Goldblum. And today, I'm going to be rolling the dark dice as Balmer, <laughs> a curious elf with militarily short dark hair and uh, <laughs> facial markings, whose dark brown eyes like two pillow mints, chocolate pillow mints. <laughs> Seemed to dart every which way, taking in his surroundings. Additional tattoos are visible through tears in his leather arm guards and sleeveless elven tunic. And he wears a necklace with a most curious circular symbol. A bracelet made of beautifully colored beads rattles slightly with each step. It's clearly a, an important memento. Balmer had in fact been searching the dead pines for his daughter's missing locket when he found himself similarly in the chains of those harsh elven slavers without so much as a word. Balmer, himself elven but not uh, of the same tribe, knew the place that his captors were leading the group because he was raised on the local legends of the dead pines. The muted crunch of light footsteps walking through the snow were the only... So, I won't put no, you through his, the rest no, of that. No, his narrative is so good. It's though. so good. It's so good. I mean, it's so different than what this guy's going for, which is this super dark, moody thing. He's like, hi, I'm uh, I'm Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, and uh, I'll be playing uh, no, Rolling the Dark his, Dice. His voice, I don't know what they did, though. His voice is so deep at it's, certain It's points. great. It's perfect. Yeah, like, <laughs> perfect for that. Like, I, I feel like after this... He's probably going to be able to get into, like, uh, being the guy who reads books out loud, like books on oh, tape yeah. type of guy. I bet you he's done it, yeah. to be perfectly honest. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the only way, so 
I listened to about half of it, and he's only in it here and there because, like, the the DM does most everything. Mm-hmm. But every time he comes in, he just kind of, like, fumbles his way in and fumbles his <laughs> way out again. Everyone else is, like, clearly reading a script. You know, and they're like, well, I, I do this thing and I'm this, this very, I'm very concerned about this or that. And he's like, hi, uh, I find that there might be a rope. I don't, I'm bound myself, but I feel like I could help if I could just maybe. <laughs> it's so like, so uh, it, this has to be a review so I don't get in trouble for using like two minutes of someone I just, else's I podcast. Love, I love his... <laughs> My pillow mint chocolate mm-hmm. eyes dart everywhere concerningly. Oh my god. <laughs> the chocolate pillow mint eyes. Like, I swear to god that's my, definitely my, not in the script. He's just yeah, doing my, it. My seemingly short military and brown hair. <laughs> he's too good. Good. He's I mean, he is I mean, as far as off script descriptive, hard yeah, two words to say together. Uh Wow. Well, and he he's a Sandy Meisner actor, so their whole thing was react to the other person. Gotcha. Yeah, like, true. leave the okay. script kind of in the background of your head. Know your lines, but, like, leave that in the background to your reaction. And he's clearly Sandy Meisnering his way through Dark Dice. I don't know how they feel about it. I feel like they're like, oh, big pole, Jeff Goldblum, yeah. they got him on. There's like, this guy's going to be hard to edit in. I feel like <laughs> they... he just I does f- whatever he yeah, wants. Yeah, but I feel like they knew what they were getting themselves done to there. Like, oh, it's good. Talk about a wild card going on your podcast. Yeah, especially one that is like so scripted. Yeah. It's, I mean, I had a hard time listening through. So I actually did, perked up at the Jeff Goldblum parts because it they, was like a comedic break in like the solemnness of this podcast. Yeah, it seems, it seems very like, uh, like you said, scripted. And I'm just wondering what he's taking from that script and actually using. I mean, it, Clearly, the moves that the character does were something that he has to do. But he seems to be re- he seems to be reading what the character does, and then saying he's going to do it, but then trying to understand why that character is doing it, and then going through yeah. all of the motions in his head that is clearly not I just, scripted. I feel like a lot of his descriptions about his own character in that were his own depiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, which is why I thought that was a great clip because it's the first time we hear his voice in like. 12 minutes of the podcast and he just jumps in. I mean, it's more like five minutes in, but five minutes in, he just jumps in. Everyone else is like not introduced yet because they haven't had like a moment to be like, here, let's introduce like who these characters are. And he just takes it upon himself to be like, hi, I I really like too how he came in. Like, hi, I'm Jeff Goldblum. Like I almost questioned. (laughs) Am I supposed to say I'm that or am I supposed to say I'm this guy? Yeah. Wow. Balmier the wood elf. Yeah. I see. I'm really surprised how much the D and D podcast thing is catching on. No, D and D in general is catching on. It's like, like a worldwide. People were stuck inside for a year and a half, and they played Monopoly like eleven times, and the house <laughs> always wins. You know. Yeah. So at a certain point, they were just like, "Well, what else can we do? Use our fucking imaginations." And it turns out you can. Yeah. It turns out the nerds had it right all along. Yeah, because I mean, back in the day, D and D was like. It was a troll game. Yeah, no thanks. Not my thing. Not anymore. Now it is mainstream. Now no. the Avengers are playing D&D. Like the cast of the Avengers? Yeah, Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, Chris Do Evans. Do they have their own podcast, too? Uh, they, they want to. Okay. 
they're working on it. So what are they? They're doing it just. I, I feel like they're all pretty busy. Like YouTube streaming type of D and D. They've just talked about it a bunch. I guess some of them already do. Joe Mangianelli, the guy from from uh, he was the werewolf in True Blood. He's also uh, okay. yeah, yeah. in Magic yeah. Mike Two. I think the Avengers one. are probably waiting for an Avengers D&D story to come about. How to be dope. Oh, there is a D&D movie coming out, too, that I think has... Uh, no, it's the other Chris. It's the guy from Star Trek. Oh. Chris Pine? Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think I'm right, I too. think you're right. Yeah. And and reggae something or other, the, the hot guy from Bridgerton. They're the leads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the hot guy from Bridgerton. Anyway, uh... It's Pride Month. Still. We got a month of Pride, right? A month of it. Speaking of Pride Month, I got a bottle of rainbow champagne for yeah, my birthday. I saw the rainbow champagne. We did a a, a, a two-bride wedding, and they had a rainbow Twist, champagne. Twisted color rainbow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They, they had a two-bride wedding. They had a big old party. They had rainbow champagne only, and then they had a unicorn uh, bucking bronco. Wow. With like an inflatable rainbow and cloud like thing you fall in once you fall through. It was the dopest wedding I've so seen. So it's like in a, long a blow time. up bucking bronco situation? Yeah. Oh my gosh. With a pony or with a, a unicorn. A unicorn. Oh my gosh. It was rad. But I wanted to give you some some news related to Pride Month. So I'm gonna try to find the right music for this. I don't have it ready, so this is what we got. It's just not pridey enough. One sec. We'll do better. Yeah, I feel like we need some prints or something. <laughs> oh, man, we can do better. Yeah, the problem with prints is that we actually have to, like, own it. Yeah, which we don't. What about this one? It's still not doing it for me. What about... All right, all right. Nope. All right. Not really. This is going to have to do. This actually fits because this is about the ocean sounds in the background. You hear that? This is important to the story. Okay. So this story I found for Pride Month, since we're midway through now, thought I'd tell you. Almost exactly midway through. Something fantastic that I found out. So there's this senator, um, Erica Betts. Where? Out in Australia. Okay. So they had a rainbow flag flown in uh, in like the foyer of the government building out in Australia, and he was super upset about it. And everyone's like, "Screw you! <laughs> Go fuck yourself!" Like it's yeah. Pride Month. Yeah. Like how dare you? And he's like, "No, no, no! I'm not upset because of Pride Month. I'm I'm upset because that flag belongs to a hostile nation who's hostile specifically to Australia." And I'm like, what? Wait, which nation has the... Exactly. Yeah. So we did a little digging, no, right? But, not, but it was just rain, not rainbow flag with a triangle. No, rainbow flag. Just, just rainbow flag. Straight okay. rainbows. Okay. Right? Okay. So it turns out uh, there is a gay kingdom off the coast of Australia that has, in fact, legally declared war on Australia. <laughs> No. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds no insane, way. but it's absolutely true. So it like is more towards Australia or Indonesia. No, it's 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 about two hundred miles off the coast of Australia. Okay. So because I just know like Hawaii. Yeah, it's for real. Australia is Bali. You know, so I don't know if they're that far away. Not much closer. Okay, much closer. Gotcha. So 
Uh, the gay and lesbian kingdom of the Coral Sea Islands is a micronation off the coast of Australia with a rainbow flag as their flag. It is, uh, it is known as the Gay Kingdom. It was formed in 2004, literally in protest against Australia's legal stance against same-sex marriage. So during, wow. during a pride parade, these folks decided, like, they're not cool with the fact that they can't marry same-sex person in Australia, so they just left. They sailed 200 miles into the Coral Sea and put a rainbow flag on an uninhabited empty island on a flat piece of land with some dry grass out there, right? So it goes further. Currently, they're ruled by King Dale I. Their currency is the pink dollar. And they did, quite literally, declare war on Australia for not recognizing same-sex marriage performed outside their country. So it goes on. They made a declaration of independence. Talks about gay rights a little bit and then like literally copies the pursuit of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, that whole thing. Uh, King Dale was first supposed to be the administrator of the micronation. Okay. But then they got a lawyer who gave them some legal advice that said you should change it to be a sovereignty because under Australian law, uh, a prince trying to claim his crown cannot be tried for treason out there. So he claimed they chose Dale because he claimed to be uh, related in some way, an ancestor of Edward III from Australia. So as prince... So does Australia have... They don't have a king. They said they have president out there. Well, they Queen of England is technically like Australia's queen. Still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, overwhelmingly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, they're in that umbrella still. So gotcha. Edward III is, or second maybe, uh, <laughs> is uh, there. So P- Prince Dale is or is now s- King Dale. Seemingly qu- saying that, is it, tr- have they proven it? That he, that's actually a thing? Well, they're a true micronation, yeah. So basically you can... You and I could sail to an island that's uninhabited, put a flag up, get a lawyer, and squatters' rights make it ours-ish. Kind of, sort of. I mean, they really did their due diligence. Sovereignty here. seems like something that's real gray area. Yeah, and and I, so I did. I did find a picture of the island, and it's literally like slightly bigger than my house. <laughs> How many people live there? None. It's completely uninhabited. <laughs> Except they put a post office box there because that was another requirement by Australian law. Oh my god. So they built a post office box. They have a mailbox there. They have a big rainbow flag and there's a big sign that's like framed there that explains, you know, what they're all about. And people still go there to like party on the Micronation Island. So no one, but they show up, nobody's there. Yeah. No, they just, they found an it's empty basically, piece it's basically of dry just like land. You show and up grass. and it's like, yeah, here's a beach. Yeah. It's like what we did in the moon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same deal. Touche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. the national anthem is "I Am What I Am" by Gloria Gaynor. No well. <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> and they are they are legitimately a micronation, and they are legitimately have declared war in Australia. So do they like? So King Dale, King Dale the first. Where like where is he? Probably in Australia, New Zealand. So they, so these people have declared war in Australia whilst living there. Yeah. <laughs> Which should make them treasonous in Australia, but because he is a sovereign prince turned king, he can't be tried for treason. And the rest of them are micronation 
affiliates, but they are not directly residents of the island, so they can't either be tried for treason. Wow, what a loophole they found. So it's like the best gay rights protest of all time. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> oh my god! Wow! <laughs> the dopest gay rights these protest guys, I've ever I seen mean, in my life. These guys really, like, they really took it upon themselves to figure out how exactly they could really fuck Australia on this yeah, one. I mean, it's... And now, has Australia uh, opened think, up their I think since gay they, have, yeah. they have adjusted some things, uh, but the Micronation continues. Well, I would imagine, like, after that... <laughs> Yeah, they're well, probably like, "Why? Okay, <laughs> I, I can't say for sure." There's a direct correlation between the micro gay kingdom and, but and I mean, then having, their laws, having people but, having people from your country do that to prove a point, it says a lot. Freaking beautiful. I mean, good for them. Wow. Like, yeah, that's and yeah. they sailed. Yeah, yeah, I sailed 200 miles away to find that little spot of land that they could call their own gay kingdom. <laughs> pretty beautiful yikes wow well a little yeah i know right (laughs) wow that is insane absolutely crazy so in that same breath while we're talking uh well this is a different breath i guess but i did find a new fashion statement this new brand has come out they're called uh sorry this new brand's called. <laughs> They're called a uh, wet pants denim. Oh yeah, you uh, spoke to me of this a little bit. Yeah. Um, Do you remember? Yeah. It. If I recall correctly, it looks like you peed your pants. They made pants <laughs> and make it look like you peed them, but they're dry. So they say a wet look with a dry feel. And that's their motto. <laughs> And they have jeans galore and all different cuts and styles that all make it look like you peed yourself. And they're a legitimate business selling all over. I'm assuming as a joke for most people, but I'm waiting for the fashion runway models to finally make peeing your pants cool again. Somebody watched Billy Madison and was like, this needs to be a thing. Peeing your pants is cool. All the cool kids pee your pants. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Ad break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bonk, bonk, bonk. All right. So an eight-year-old is left alone with his four-year-old sister. Not smart. Yeah. Parents are gone for just a little bit. They tell them to hang tight, play with toys, do whatever, right? So four-year-old sister gets hungry. She says she wants a McDonald's cheeseburger. Eight-year-old, okay. trying to be the good brother that he is, decides, okay, I will figure out how to get you that cheeseburger. <laughs> well, mom and dad told me to get you whatever you want. So, And here it comes. So he hops on a computer. He goes on YouTube. He watches a 10-minute video on how to drive a car. <laughs> he then takes his parents' keys... Gets his little sister in a car seat, straps her in, 
Oh, he also he also was able to do that. Gets in the car himself, drives his sister a mile and a half to get there. He navigates over railroad tracks through multiple intersections with multiple witnesses noticing an eight-year-old <laughs> <laughs> driving a vehicle with a little girl in the back and calls the cops on him. Although he obeyed all traffic signs, he obeyed all speed limits, he broke his piggy bank at McDonald's in the drive through and bought his little sister the cheeseburger that she wanted and got all the way back home again before finally cops pulling in to check in on them to make sure they're okay and calling their parents okay. to let them know yeah. what happened. Okay, okay, okay. The fact, though, that this kid... Did that, ordered at McDonald's, went through the drive-thru, and these people working at McDonald's were like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, we make minimum wage, I (laughs) guess, you know? This is funny. This is a job. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. And the fact they didn't call the cops. I mean, yeah, they may have. Maybe they did. They <laughs> still gave him the cheeseburger and took his money. So, I mean, the transaction went through. Oh, my gosh. And so, wait, he he got the cops called on him, though. But the, were the cops, did the cops get to him before he got back home? Clearly, he made it almost all the way home before the cops caught up with him. And then so the cops were trailing him. We're like, this guy's driving great. Yeah. <laughs> and they're trying, I think they're trying to ascertain that he was, in fact, an eight year old because they weren't going to like try to drive by him and cut him off. So no, they're he's just driving tailing, better than all of the people we've been behind all day today. Tailing this car <laughs> that everyone is saying it's like an eight year old driving. They're like, are you sure? Because you- <laughs> uh, this kid's got it. Okay. So he. He did that, made it, yikes, uh, made it, went through the drive-thru, got seemingly back home. Mile and a half back home. Pulls into the driveway. No. Yeah. (laughs) And everyone's just impressed. So So we don't do this. The cops showed up, though. Yeah, yeah. And I'm assuming that the parents Calls mom and dad. Yep. Okay. But kid made local news. And mom and dad were just like... Mom and dad, I'm sure, behind closed doors were a little upset that he technically stole their car I mean, and went on a run. But, but the fact that he pulled it all off perfectly. How, I mean, they, they're they just like, well, we did tell you. Kid's going to be the next president. Yeah. Give your sister whatever she wants. Take care of your sister. And she asked for something and he made it happen. Yeah. If it was like, if it was true apocalypse so what, style. But I mean, what, is there anything that says like what the cops were like, hey. No. Like, are they going to charge their son with Grand no. Theft Auto? No. no. Like, Plus, his record no. would be clean by 18. Yeah, anyway. I mean, they're not going to send this kid to juvenile hall. No, what we are sending this kid to, though, is the Kinder News Hall of Fame. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely deserves that. That is a wild... Th- and especially an eight-year-old boy with a four-year-old little sister. Like, for him not just be like, you know what? Screw you. Best no brother way. of all time. Yeah. Kinder News legend of all time. You're in the Kinder News Hall of Fame, my I mean, friend. Talking, talk about living in the age of technology. An eight-year-old's able to buckle his little sister into a car seat, get her in there safely and buckle it correctly, drive a car, three miles round trip, use his own savings to buy her a cheeseburger, get back home, get her home safely, and she got that cheeseburger. Yep. I hope she ate it. No, I'm sure she did. Yeah. Wow. Again. Yeah. I mean, it's a good news day. Yikes. It's a good news day. Yikes. And we're not done yet. We're done with kinder news, but we're not done in general. Well, I have one more. It's not really kinder news. It's just sweet. Okay. Okay. So uh, there's a girl 
I know this because my, my birthday is the day after Christmas, but there's this little girl, uh, Annie H. Ide. Her birthday was literally on Christmas Day, and she hated it because she didn't get much attention for it. Mm-hmm. Everyone was busy. Everyone's doing the Christmas thing. Attention. Everybody wants to celebrate yeah. Jesus. And attention gets spread throughout the family on that day. Yeah. It's all too much. Anyway, uh, author of Treasure Island... Robert it's all Lewis. too much because you have a little bit of your own qualms. What? It's a bad day for a birthday. <laughs> anyway, Robert Louis Stevenson, who wrote Treasure Island, caught wind of this little girl in his hometown. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Who hated her birthday. So he decided that he would gift her his birthday. So he wrote up, he drafted a legal document where he wrote... I do hereby transfer my rights and privileges in the 13th day of November, formerly my birthday, now hereby and henceforth the birthday of said Annie H. Ide. This birthday involves eating rich meats, receipt of gifts, and compliments. And <laughs> wow. he had he had it notarized, he had he signed it, a lawyer signed it, and he gifted it on her birthday on Christmas that she would never again have a birthday until the date in which we no longer talk about when our birthday is at all and no longer celebrated, his birthday is forever hers. And that was his birthday gift to her, whom she did not know. He was a famous author by this point already and decided that so would that, be... That's a legal thing that you can do. I mean... Through some heavy loopholes. It doesn't change the fact you were born on a different day, but yes, legally speaking... You he, can change your birth date. He gave her a document that clearly made her able to celebrate her birthday on his birthday instead. Okay. Wow. It was just adorably sweet. How did... I'm curious how he got wind of that. I think he lived in the same town, so just something going around. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, local yeah. bar talk. Yeah. What have you. Yeah. It was It was like the 20s or 30s. It was not like... Yeah. Bad gas travels fast type, yeah, type of thing. Exactly. You know? yeah. <laughs> so continuing on this stretch of just adorable, I want to talk about Felicette. Felicet. Felicet is a space cat. That's oh, I don't say that's a name I've never heard in my Felicet life. Felicet the space cat, the only space cat. Like a cat to be sent into space. Yes, she's French. And on October 18th, 1963, French scientists launched a rocket into space containing Felicet the cat. She orbited 100 miles above Earth, then descended safely to the ground via a special parachute made specifically to handle her weight, all her dimensions, wait, and, wait, and wait, the wait, carrier wait. She craft. Didn't, she didn't have, like, the the carrier craft. Okay. I was say, she didn't have, like, a carrier craft. She wasn't her... just a cat yeah, rocketed into like, space. They, like, blew everything apart, and then it's just this cat parachuting no. down. I was no, like, oh, she, my gosh. She had, like, a <laughs> Apollo 13-esque little, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. I'm um, really surprised that, because, I mean, when you come back into orbit, it's hot. Yeah. They they worked it all out for her. So, Phyllis said is still held in high honor of being the only cat launched into space. Thus, the only space cat. Oh, my. So she's like, Toons is the driving cat. But yeah. In space. She's, she's Phyllis at the space cat. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Final thing, and I'm only saying this because I'm interested, and I hope you are too, but do you remember Legends of the Hidden Temple? Yes, of course. Like yeah. That, yeah, that, the, the green monkeys and the whatever. And the and, blue barracudas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the purple... One of them was purple, purple parrots. I think it was purple parrots. Yeah. I think they. I think they had like a. Mm-hmm. They. They like, had like a peas and peas, bees and bees. Yeah, the, C's and C's. There's, there's a name on. for that. Yeah, uh, it's not on a monopena. It's the 
Oh, wow. I really fucked that one. I'm yeah, onomatopoeia. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's the other one. It's alliteration. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were le- using alliteration. But anyway, they're doing casting calls again for new Legends of the Hidden Temple. But... I hope it's the same host. But... No, he's he he died. They sent him to space too. It didn't go as hot. <laughs> no, they did not. <laughs> no, they did not. They sent him down into a temple like Indiana Jones, and he did not make it out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they're doing a casting call for new blue barracudas, new purple parrots, etc. Except now you have to be over twenty-one years old. Perfect. It's an adult casting for an adult Legends of the Hidden Temple oh. competition, similar to like American Ninja, but for people who can't perform all. I mean, it's of perfect though because that is things. like the millennial era mm-hmm. of TV. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like kids, the Gen Z kids, don't even know what the fuck that is. No, like zero. They have no idea. When some native comes out and grabs them, they're terrified. I watched. I watched. Uh, oh, we were. T- I watched Supermarket Sweep. Oh god, so good. With some people the other day and. Some of them were younger. That was more of a like, Gen X thing, but the millennials caught the butt end of it. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, I mean, because we saw it. Yeah, a bunch. Um, so I saw it, and I was like, oh, my. Like, I was in heaven. I it was is like, supermarket yeah, sweet. Super They're all grabbing the turkeys and things, you know, or they try to find little tags. But I was, like, so excited and just to see that that like that is perfect for that stuff to come back yep right now like it's perfect legends of the hidden temple with a full adult cast what i want is for uh but the natives now actually kill you if they catch you yeah I would so imagine. that's the yeah. you have a huge waiver you saw and they couldn't re- do it to it's, the a re- it's in a real temple yeah. with three. <laughs> um no i want to see uh, uh what was the one with the aggro crag guts Guts, yeah, I want to see Guts come it's back. It's coming next. Yeah, I want to see Guts come it's back. It's like American so Ninja Warrior, but it's going to be like, it's a lot easier and there's a lot more Nerf weapons. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. but I love, I I would love for that such a comeback. It's like reality TV for kids. Yeah. But as adults watching that recreated, that's a niche, big time. Yeah. Niche. They're, they're going to have to pull niche, up. Niche, niche. Both. Yeah, sure. It's both. Yeah, it depends on your accent, I think. Yeah. Some some people say Nietzsche. But when when can we expect this? Uh, probably next year because they're doing casting call right now. Wow. But I did sign this up. So we have an audition that next and, month. And um, the other one with uh, the, whatever the gack or the slime would fall on you. Uh, what would you do? What would you do? Yeah. All those, dude. Like those. I would love to see those come back. Yeah. What, what, what would you do? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see all those come back. That's like, I mean... New cartoons are meh, whatever they are, what they are. But back in the day, like that was the shit. Yeah, can we quickly just go through? This may sound weird, but I want to hear out of new cartoons, and I want you to rate them for me, like what you give the new cartoons. So, like on Nickelodeon that are for children, they're not always for children specific because, like, we look at SpongeBob and things. It's like, yeah, of course, yeah, SpongeBob and all that's fine. But it's like I'm gonna say, like, you know. Like Rick and Morty, that type of stuff. Like that's that's clearly like for that's adults. For adults. For I'm kids, talking about though, stuff that is kid friendly. I don't know that I'm going to know half of them. I'll try. I'll give it my best. All right, I will. Do you have a list? No, I'm going to make it off the top of my head because I've watched them all. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Why? Also, some of them are good. Oh, they are. Okay. Okay. Um, so first off, have you seen on Disney Gravity Falls? Nope. Okay. I'm going to give it a zero. <laughs> Okay, haven't seen it. Well, let me tell you right now, it's worth it. Uh, Rick and Morty actually do 
uh, the animation for it? No, they actually do like in some of the episodes though talk about specific things that happen in Gravity Falls, and they do have playthroughs that happen to make you think that one day maybe they're gonna. So are they team the, up. are they the same creators though? No, really? Yeah, just a respect thing coming from different levels. So it's about two kids who go to this Oregonian town who's seemingly normal, and their their uncle, their grunkle. It's a great uncle. Their grunkle Stan owns this, uh, this like dilapidated, like uh, mystery house where he has all these things that are supposedly haunted or screwed up or whatever, and everybody thinks it's a joke, except then haunted, terrible things start happening, and the kids start to try and figure it out. So it's kind of like, um, <clears throat> what do you call it? That show back in the like, courage, courage, the cowardly dog. It has that vibe, but it's less yeah. red and stimpy and more... Okay. Like, more funny. Okay. More funny, less scary. Uh, okay, let's move on. Steven Universe. Nope. Okay. Also, delightful. Super big for the LGBTQT community. Um, but crazy, sweet, wonderful show for kids that they, also is for so adults. I noticed this is... Estelle is in This that is one. kind of a sidebar, but they... So, LGBTQT... They have added a plus now to it that I've seen a lot recently. Are you sure that's not a T? <laughs> LGBTQT. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a T. <laughs> but why would they do all caps with a lowercase T? I don't know. Because it's like the T is in the middle. Like it's way down here. I mean, maybe it's just like a artsy thing. Okay. I don't know. Because I thought it was like LGBTQT. Yeah, no, there's not two T's. You're totally right. Yeah, it's a T. Yeah. That's my brain after this weekend working. <laughs> 30... I mean, Spongebob you've seen, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Spongebob, so... I totally appreciate because there are some really underlying themes in Spongebob that are very adult. But all all cartoons have that. So check it out. Th- think about Lion King, okay? Yeah. Okay. Remember uh, Simba and Nala? Yeah. They're in love. They mm-hmm. want to be together forever. Yeah. Think about the other male lions that are adults in that movie. Name them for me. Scar. Okay. And? Um, well, his dad. Mufasa. Mufasa. Um, Any other males ever in the movie that are adult no, lions? No. Those are the only two. So Simba and Nala are related. They're brother and sister. Are they? Is Nala related to Scar? Yeah, no, I don't know. I doubt it. I don't know. I really, but that's Simba's uncle. Yeah, Simba's uncle. Yeah. Which so, means Mufasa's brother. Which means if they're related, they have to be related. They're all related. <laughs> well, These are all things that they can figure out, but they don't because the kids won't figure it you out. Also, you also brought up this thing the other day that I never thought about, about that movie, that Simba runs away. Right. He runs into Timon dies. and Pumbaa. Yep. And he's like, hey, I'm depressed. I have all these problems. Yeah, my uncle killed my dad, and now he wants to kill me. Yeah, and they, Timon and Pooh were like, who cares? Like, who could have got it? Like, forget about it. Yeah, like, hey, how about this? Just don't fucking worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. By the way, it's like... It's whatever. It's like this day and age, I feel like a lot. It's like, hey, oh, I'm sad, I'm depressed. And your friends are like, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Sucks. Get over it. Get over it. Let's go somewhere. Let's move on. Like, it, it's so funny that that is like a very behind the scenes theme 
in that movie. I mean, it's not though. We just didn't notice it. The yeah, first exactly. Time. Yeah, you're just. I like, mean, it's a very forefront theme. It's like everyone thinks about Dirty Dancing, and they're like, "Oh, this movie is about like these people who learn to dance." I'm like, no, it's a movie about abortion. And the reason the first lady <laughs> couldn't dance is because she had to get a botch abortion, and then the doctor dad of baby was the one who had to like help her because of all the problems because of their botched abortion attempts and everything. And the reason she couldn't dance and Patrick Swayze had to take on baby is that, you know, it was his child and it's a whole problem and she can't dance anymore. And he has to finish out his summer career with her. Like the whole movie is pretty dark. But the over, the overlying theme of love story trumps all of that. Trumps it. it? Trumps. We don't use Trump anymore. I like no, that. Trump. No, I like that. Yeah. We don't use Trump. We use Trump. We use Trump. Yeah. Trump's Make it. Donald Trump again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was saying, you know, like, it is true. Like, that movie's totally all about that. And, you know, back, what, that's an early 90s movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, late 80s. Late Talking 80s. Okay. Dancing. But still, like, you know, when I first saw that movie, I was probably, God, I don't know, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Most likely. It was after the fact. By far. I had to have been. Yeah. I'm pretty, sure that, I'm pretty sure parents wouldn't show that to their children. But I didn't pick up any of that. Zero. I was just like, oh, they dance and they're in love. I mean, even after I watched it as an adult several times, I like saw it and I'd be like, whoa, I forgot about that part of the movie. And then by the end of the movie, and I'm just like, oh, he holds her up and they yeah. actually do a good dance. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, those, there's those like symbolic moments in movies like that that trump everything else like that's what you remember yep you don't remember all these like dramatic mid scenes that people are like oh yikes and then oh something happy happens and they dance and he picks her up and they're like oh great okay perfect we're back i mean it's good storytelling life goes on yeah like akuna matata akuna matata yeah <laughs> that's how i felt about this weekend it means no fucking worry that your uncle wants to kill yeah. you if i could have said one thing to brenda your dad's already yesterday. dead after after telling after well she had already heard because they had mother's day parents day at the winery in felton yeah yeah i heard where the girls just ratted on you the girls just ratted me out big time which i was like why didn't you like i was gonna tell my mom anyways i tell her all the things then i retold her and she was like well that's exactly what i heard so i was like well at least i'm not a liar but to have that i just wish i could have just looked brenda in the eyes and been like akuna matata I'm alive. I'm okay. It's not a big deal. Our neighbor across the street is a doctor. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. We'll be fine. She was the funniest, though. Uh, Ava, Ava. She was just like, put her hands up in the air. Like, what are you going to do? She's like, you're here. You're okay. You're safe. That's all that matters. And I right. Was like, we're, we're past it now. Yeah. We've moved past it. And now 30. 30- so I guess Akumatata is right. It is right. I mean,. For a lot of things, at least. I mean, my problem with Akuna Matata and Lion King is it's like, it means no worries for the rest of your days, except the fact that your uncle's still alive and has a group of hyenas that is actively trying to kill you. And so there's no more worries for the rest of your days. Like, you all should be worried that you're hanging out with this convict now who's like on the run from from the new king. Yeah. So and, there's still worries. Yeah. But he, you know, he's just like, well, there's no worries. I'm just going to eat a lot of bugs and then I'll come back when I'm bigger and hopefully win that fight are they bombing the studio (laughs) oh no yikes well this is our last episode yeah i guess so hey (laughs) buckle in folks this could be the end oh wow um so yeah 
Great. Uh, any more cartoons that I should know about? I'm trying to think about cartoon. Uh, I mean, there's Adventure Time. I know that one. And that one's good. It's- Seen it? It's good. It's funny. Okay, what about Infinity Train? Nope. All right. Also, I think maybe made by the Adventure Time people. It's similar in a lot of aspects. It's short episodes, but it's all about people who did wrong in their life. They end up on this Infinity Train where every different aspect... Jesus. They're circling the house. Yeah. (laughs) They finally caught me, folks. I've been on the run for a long time. I have something to clear up with you all. Uh, I am... Banksy. Is he in trouble? The guy from Mighty Ducks? No. <laughs> no, the the artist who, who paints all those cool things oh. illegally. Do <laughs> you remember Banksy from Mighty Ducks? Was that Banksy? Yeah, his name was Man- Banks, but they called him Banksy. He was like the smaller kid who was like... Because he did bank shots? No, it's just that was his last name. Okay. Yeah, he was, like, the smaller kid. He, like, really sucked at the beginning, but then he, like, became the captain of the team. Did you know there's a new Mighty Ducks out, too? I heard. With... Emilio Estevez. With Emilio Estevez, still as the coach. Yep. Yeah. And I saw some... I saw something, some picture. He doesn't look much different. No, he looks really good. Like, and he's gotta be, what, late 50s? 140, I think, yeah. Yeah, like Yoda's age or something? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) That was the other thing. That was a fan thing that I heard that was funny. It's like, because when we first see Yoda in Star Wars, he's like in this deep swamp, and everyone's like, he must be hiding out because he's one of the last Jedis left. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody on, I think, Twitter pointed out, I was like, after watching the child in The Mandalorian... And how much he loves and eats frogs and everything. He's not hiding out on that planet. <laughs> he's the ultimate predator on yeah. that planet. And he went someplace where he's literally top of the food chain. Yeah. And all he has to do is consistently just eat things. And those people, when he finally left and died off that planet, everyone on that planet was probably celebrating the fact that yeah. finally... All he had to do is lift his hands up there and all the frogs came out of the water and they entered his mouth. Yeah, he was like the <laughs> sheer con of the jungle. <laughs> That all the other animals are like, oh my god, no, please don't. And we're just seeing like the Luke Skywalker, obviously like middle class white guy side of the story. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. That's true. Like, I want to see Star Wars from from that island's perspective. Yeah, the planet's perspective. You know, just growing pot and eating frogs. <laughs> <laughs> Grow, you will. <laughs> It ain't a bad life. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. I mean, good, good grief. Charlie Brown. I think we should start to wrap it. You want to start to wrap it? I mean, we're pretty much there. It's been pretty straight. It's been pretty gay, too. <laughs> also that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had a little both. I think we're going to wrap it up. You have anything, any last words before we do a full wrap? Um, I... I'm questioning why our third co-host isn't here today. She thought watching In the Heights by the Hamilton director. Uh, I mean, I guess she is still like a culture consultant, so she maybe she's doing R&R. She's doing research, so we should actually call her while she's in the movie and see <laughs> if we can get the first look at In the Heights. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and turn on the Bluetooth here, and let's give her a call and see if we can get a first look into In the Heights from 
our co-host and culture consultant, modern culture consultant, uh, contemporary, contemporary culture. culture consultant. Although she doesn't want to be called that anymore, so shh, we don't call her that live. But here we go. She's out there watching in the heights because it is the hottest, newest. You know what is going to be hard though is I ran my phone over with my car, and I don't know if my Bluetooth works anymore. I mean. It should, if the, your phone works, your Bluetooth should work. No, my Wi-Fi broke, so I think my Bluetooth Your broke. Wi-Fi broke? <laughs> yeah, I don't get Wi-Fi anymore. Oh, my God. Here, it's time for a new phone. Um, You're totally ruining the segment. Is it on? It's on. It's on. It's not. Yeah. It's you not. broke your Wi-Fi and your Bluetooth. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> there it is. There but, you have it, folks. Hey, uh, a little shout out to Google Pixel 3. You can run it over with a Honda Civic Coupe and it still works, but your Wi-Fi is broken and your Bluetooth. There you go. So Lin-Manuel Miranda did a tribute to Who's where that? he grew up in the Heights in the Latinx area of New York City. He wrote Hamilton. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The very famous Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Broadway guy. Yeah. Actor, director, singer, etc. He wrote a love letter to his life in the Latinx community out there in New York. And uh, I'm going to give you a little taste of it right now to end our episode with. He just wrote it for the public out in the open? Like, that's... No. <laughs> he wrote he wrote a Broadway play that is now... Oh, he wrote a Broadway play. I thought you were just saying he wrote a letter. No, it's a love he letter. He just that's listened to love Gotcha, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a love letter. To the place you grew up. You know how you write a song that's important to you? I realize now that this is like the first eight minutes of the movie. I'm hoping there's something that happens other than people giving keys out. Oh, he stepped in gum. Everybody. He stepped in gum. Up on Washington Heights, up at the break of day. I wake up and I got this little punk I gotta chase away. Pop the break at the crack of dawn, sing while I wipe down the awning. Hey, y'all, good morning. Ice cold piragua, pancha, china, cherry, strawberry, and just that's Lin-Manuel Miranda selling snow cones. He's opening the city mart. You probably never heard my name, reports of my fame are greatly exaggerated. Turn on the coffee machine. So this is like a rap. So was Hamilton. Broadway? Yeah, Hamilton was a rap history of the United States through the perspective of Alexander Hamilton. Okay. And this is the Heights. Oh, the milk's gone bad, guys. Sounds like Anderson Abuela, Pack wrote this Broadway. It might be in it, you know. Try my mother's old recipe. One can of condensed milk. Nice. So since we couldn't get Janine, we are taking you into the first eight minutes of In the Heights. Rosa Ragosa is also in this, apparently. We're the guys in the back row. We're just talking through the whole movie. <laughs> 
Awesome. You want to try to get us some popcorn real quick? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's up in the top shelf. Yeah, serious. We're going to watch a movie. We need popcorn. Get off at 181st and take the escalator. I hope you're writing this down. I'm going to test you later. I'm getting tested. Time's a tough on this bodega. Two months ago, somebody will take it. Other one. There you go. Up there. Nope. In, see that? That Kevin Rosario, he runs the cab company. He struggles in the barrio. See, his daughter Nina's off at college. She's daughter's babe. Mad steep, so he can't sleep. Everything he get is mad cheap. Good morning, Usnavi. So if we didn't get sued before, we definitely will now. Yeah. Okay, must be a lucky day. Gotta be. Oh my God, you're so excited. My Nina flew in at 3 a.m. last night. Sweet. Abuela's been cooking all week. Come by when I see you this weekend. Oh, we gonna eat. I guarantee Janine's enjoying this. <laughs> this is what she's seeing? Yeah, right now as we speak. One of those trees that you hang from the rear. It's true. She screams, Who's in there with you, Julia? Daniela. Daniela. That's a bad and kicks in the door. I feel like, like I'm at Quick Stop in Cuba. <laughs> 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 uh oh. Ooh. Uh, Alright, this is a happening liquor Sunny. store. Sunny, you're late. Chillax. You know you love me. Me and my cousin running just another dime a dozen. Mom and pop stop and shout. And oh my God, it's got. I want to stop this and end the episode, but I'm really enjoying this yeah, so I far. I like. Is this movie happening later tonight that we can go see? I know, right? Actually, you're not supposed to sing this live, but I already have it. I'm gonna wage BO Max. Two quarters? Whoa, hold up. Two quarters for a box of condoms. Did you hear that? Two quarters? When was a box of condoms ever two quarters? In Cuba. No, this is New York. Ne um, well, let's think. Our dad was born in 1953 and bread used to be a nickel. So probably around there. Condoms are probably still $11 when bread was a nickel. Because mm. bread is now like $2.80 and or condoms more. are like 28 bucks for a box. And they're also really hard to find. And yeah, and they don't sell them at Costco anymore. Yeah. This movie, <laughs> I mean, Costco I, anymore. I love this movie, but... I mean, I've only seen the first, we've all only heard and or seen the first four minutes and 36 seconds of it, but I've just, I'm thrown off. Does New York sell condoms really cheap? And also, well, yeah, I mean, they also threw two quarters for a box of condoms and two, oh, he always said two quarts of water. I thought he said two quarter waters. Which is great because two quarts of water and a box of condoms for two quarters is like a wildly cheap, like you're getting hydrated. You're doing your biz, clearly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like to end every episode, as we've known, because this is our tradition, with a question. And my question is, 
was condoms ever was when when were, were <laughs> or was it ever a thing that condoms were two fifty cents or less in New York, and we will start next episode also, but with that answer. We my, will start next episode. My question is, how many condoms are in that box? That's a fair question. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get down and deep into the condom issue next episode on featuring, you know, Geoff and Goldblum. Hey everybody, thank you so much for uh, giving us your ear holes, your time, your energy. And welcome to um, the vaccinated crew's no mask mandate, huh? Oh, welcome to uh, officially today. I mean, by the time it comes out, for you guys it'll be day two, but this is officially California Reopen Day. Yeah. It is a state holiday. Yeah. Uh, trains are full today. People are out. People are unmasked. People were masked as well. People are doing their things. So, so all you people who are liars can also go out in public without a mask. Yeah, but, but please don't. <laughs> like, come on. You can go to Safeway and get one now. Just do it. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's, and if you have a reason not to do it, that's it's it's all you. Whatever. But to be fair, our entire co-host staff now is vaccinated. Kyle, are you vaccinated? That's why he didn't show up. Huh. Well, anyway. He has to wear a mask in the studio. Uh, it's been great, guys. We gotta get going because we're gonna go watch In the Heights at 9 p.m. Thank you so much. We love you. Have a lovely evening. This has been featuring Jeff Gongo. It's you know, it's funny that um I mean I can't see how long it's been now, but every week it's gotten dialed in more close. Like Yeah, we're not closer. editing this one. We're just literally putting it out now. Yeah. No edits. I feel like it's... Whatever happened, happened. It did. Yeah. It's life. Yeah. Life. We, we have T-minus nine hours to put this thing live to the public. So whatever it is, it is. Enjoy. What shall be, shall be. Toots. Love you guys. <laughs>